Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mindful Narcissist Podcast. I'm your host, the Mindful Narcissist, and we are one year old today. Well, like, not today for me, but today is the day this episode is getting published. I've been doing this podcast for a whole year now. That is insane. I feel a tiny bit foolish because it's it's much later on a Monday night than I've recorded an episode in a while. I've been so much more on top of it for quite a while now. And I was going to record as soon as I got home from work. But then, like, I had to go and be all extra and I got a cake and candles and did a whole little photo shoot for the podcast birthday. Which is a bit ridiculous because, like, I haven't even gotten myself a birthday cake in a few years now. Uh, but anyway... Because I spent all that time doing that, and then I went to the local Art League meeting, I'm now recording much later than usual, and there's a storm going through with, like, thunder and lightning and everything. There's actually a tornado warning earlier, which was fun. But it's it's quite loud, so I'm actually using my microphone, which I don't usually bother using, but I'm hoping it reduces the range of noise getting picked up so you can't hear the storm. But if you can, I hope it's, like, a nice ambient noise, I guess. I'm actually so emotional about this one year mark, which surprised me. I'm not one for like reflections around the new year because I feel like, I don't know, time isn't real and it doesn't actually feel particularly special or significant to be going into a new calendar year. I don't really do it much around my birthday either. I mean like I'll make a big deal all month about getting attention for my birthday month, but by the time it actually gets around to my birthday, I've bored myself to death of it and like I didn't choose to be born anyway. That's not an accomplishment. But I chose to take on the mantle of the Mindful Narcissist. I chose to start this thing, and I've kept choosing it. So this is something that does feel significant, more so than a new year or a birthday. And when I realized that this was the one-year anniversary, I scrapped my plans for this week's episode, and we are reflecting instead. Before I get into, like, the podcast reflection, though, I want to look back at another anniversary. This one's actually next week, next Tuesday. But it's, it's connected enough to this... A year ago, next week, I finished social media coaching, and I've been keeping track of that progress, you know, like the growth of my Instagram, basically, since then. As I was, like, looking back on that, I re-listened to a couple of early episodes that touch on social media, and the performative nature of it, and just, like, the performative nature of life in general. Episode 2, All the World's a Stage, and Episode 6, An Amusement Park for Clinical Narcissists. And, um, first of all, I was dying listening back to these early episodes because, one, the audio is awful. Not that my audio is super great now, but I do think it's gotten better, at least. That early stuff was actually shocking. And, uh, two, I was- (laughs) I was so surprised that I actually found them cringy. Like, I'm not someone that is going to feel, like, embarrassed or ashamed of any past self- I'm pretty comfortable with, like, accepting that and moving on and then looking back on it affectionately. And that's what I'm doing here, too. So I'm not, like, ashamed of the early episodes. But, like, I definitely just thought I was a natural at this. But I... No. I was not a natural. And I also forgot that I was determined in the very beginning to make the episodes, like, more... experiential? Like, by starting off with basically a guided visualization thing because I envisioned my listeners experiencing the podcast as if they were just like on a walk with me chatting because I always listen to podcasts on my walks so I wanted to get that vibe or like deliver that vibe to my audience which okay-ish idea poorly executed and I don't think it was even a conscious decision I made to stop doing it I think I just was so uninterested in my own idea 
that I forgot about it. I hope y'all still get fun friend chat vibes anyway from this, though. But yeah, so at the beginning of 2021, I invested a bit of my big art grant money in a bit of social media coaching because I wanted to figure out how to actually make the best use of my Instagram for the sake of my art. At the time, I was like running periodically these virtual mindful drawing workshops, and I think I really wanted those to take off as well. And like, I for sure had this vision of quickly rising to like cool artsy influencer status. I, I think I will never get over my small craving for just fame. <laughs> I did the coaching. It was, it was part of the social media coaching started by Quigley of Officially Quigley. But the coaching was done by her husband, Alex Goody, who I actually had on as a guest a while ago. He was incredible. And even though, like, I'll go over the stats and my quote-unquote progress in a second, but like, even though I wouldn't say I met my original goals, largely due to the fact that they were fairly unrealistic goals, given the amount of effort I was going to put into this. But in spite of that, I would 500% go back and do it again. Doing this coaching was like, Alex was just like my hype man that whole time. And I pride myself on, in a lot of the work I do, being a very good hype person for people, but I don't necessarily have that for myself very often. Not that it's not offered, I just don't allow people to hype me up. I don't give them the opportunity. But this coaching was just like several weeks of Alex being my personal. The most important thing that came out of this was like, at our second to last session, I think, I told him I was going to be launching the podcast, which kind of came out of left field. That wasn't something I'd discussed with him at all during the previous sessions, and we'd had a good few at that point, but he was all for it. The previous weeks with him spent like clarifying my message and what I had to offer on the platform, articulating my story, and the kind of posts that suited me and my message best. Doing all of that with him, and him just, again, really being the best hype man, I cannot stress that enough. That gave me the clarity and the confidence to know that as much as I love Instagram and as useful of a self-marketing tool it can be, and like, as good at Instagram as I am, honestly, I'm really good at Instagram. It's just, it's also just, I realize that it's not where my heart is at. The podcast was where I was going to be able to feel the most myself and be the most fulfilled. When I was listening back to those earlier episodes about social media, I was kind of laughing at myself getting all victim blamey with like... Well, if you don't know that social media is a highlight reel and that, like, affects your mental health, you need to get off social media. And, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, the app is designed to keep you from doing that. So, you know. When I said that, I was like, I don't know if that's how I really feel, maybe I'll come back and feel differently. But basically, a year later, and after a year of actually trying to grow my account and take it seriously and whatnot, I think I'm, I'm still kind of on that same page. Here's the thing. I think I actually have excellent boundaries around social media. I don't post when it feels like a chore. Despite the fact that people often think I'm a bit of an overshare, I'm extremely selective about what I put out on social media. I don't put anything out there that is actually truly deeply important to me. Like, I'm still genuine. I still put things out there that I care about or that are real or that are going on in my life. But I'm aware that there are sad dummies with sad lives who exist to troll. And also that good, well-meaning people just love giving unsolicited advice and opinions, and I do not put a single thing on Instagram that I'm not willing to have someone make a comment on. Any kind of comment. So there's a lot that I'm unwilling to receive comments on, and I, I just don't post that. Like last weekend, my sister got married, and I went dark on social media that whole weekend, despite the fact that it would have made for excellent content, and I'm sorry you all missed out on it. And that's not something people have had, like, negative comments on, most likely. 
but that weekend was really, really special to me. And it was a really special time to be with my sisters. And I wasn't willing to share that with the internet. I wasn't willing to open that experience up to even positive comments because it was mine. And that's something I've noticed with the more followers I've gained. Not that I have a huge amount. Like, I started... Here's the stats. I started the year of keeping track of growth and engagement about a year ago at just above a thousand followers. And I've only, just this last week, finally broken 1,500. So I don't have a crazy amount of followers. I've not grown a massive amount. But the vast majority of them are still people that I don't actually know. So I'm not going to ever probably discuss, like bad mental health days in detail as they're happening. I'm not going to talk a ton about, like, my family dynamic. I'm very selective about what I share about my friendships and the time I spend with my friends. I'm very selective about what I share about my boys that I nanny for. Because all of those things are mine. Well, with the boys, it's also because they're not mine, and so that's not my call to putting them on the internet. But, like, these are my experiences. The things that I share are a very curated selection, And to be honest, when I'm accused of oversharing, I think that's a sign to me that I've done this curation extremely well. But this has opened me to, I think, a few followers developing, like, parasocial relationships with me. Like, very close but one-sided relationships, and they feel like they know me really well. And honestly, whenever that happens, or I feel like that's happening, I just block people from being able to view my stories. Because that's where the feeling comes from. It's the sharing I do in my stories that makes people feel like they know me. And I do think, like... The vast majority of the people that view my stories do have the discernment to know that my stories do not capture the fullness of me of a human and that they are a curated selection of my life. But there's just the odd few where I need to put a stop to it because I start to feel extremely guilty for not, like, feeling the same connection. Like, I feel guilty for the one-sidedness of it. So I'm actually not totally sure how well I would do were I to actually achieve that original goal of reaching, like, influencer status. But ultimately... Taking Instagram seriously has made me more and more private about what I share, even though that very much may not be apparent with what I'm sharing, but I just, I've become more and more selective and more and more guarded with, like, the things that I hold as mine. Bottom line, though, I am so, so grateful that I did that coaching and got that hype from Alex and was able to really figure out what it is that I want to say, and I'm so grateful that it ultimately brought me here to the mindful narcissist on march 22nd last year i put out the trailer for this podcast a brief introduction which now looking back on it i probably should have been a little more vague about the specifics of what i was planning on having the podcast be about because i definitely feel like a lot has shifted or maybe that it's been refined and of course that's just how things go in my artistic process anyway and i do still see this podcast as an extension of my artistic practice I actually very recently applied for a residency where I mentioned this podcast as an element of my practice for the first time. So uh, that was fun. Made it feel all official and stuff. Like, this podcast is art. So there. With that trailer episode, though, I do think, given that when people first come to the podcast, even if they don't like start from the beginning and work their way through, they still usually start with the trailer and then go to wherever they're going to start listening. And the trailer is less accurate than I'd like it to be knowing that that's still how a lot of people will get a taste for the podcast. So I'm probably going to redo it at some point soon. I'm going to stick the original here, though, for posterity, and so we can all cringe a bit together. And then I want to give the three main questions I structured around another go. But uh, here it is. Here's the original trailer to refresh everyone's memory 
for documentation purposes. I haven't decided if I'm gonna have like intro music yet. So that was the intro music. Hope you liked it. And welcome to my podcast. This is the Mindful Narcissist Podcast, and I'm your host, the Mindful Narcissist. So here's the breakdown for this teaser episode. Number one, why the podcast? Number two, why the Mindful Narcissist? And number three, so what are we talking about? Um, actually, before number one, brief proper introduction, my name is Caitlin. I'm a 20-something-year-old artist. <laughs> I say 20-something as if I currently have any internet privacy, like as if my age is not readily available on my very public Instagram profile. Um, I'm 24. My name is Caitlin, and I'm a 24-year-old artist living in Ireland. So number one, why the podcast? So right before the second lockdown towards the end of 2020, I kept getting these ads before YouTube videos that would be like, Did you spend all day giving out about your job? Are your friends tired of you doing nothing but complaining about your job? Do you think about quitting your job every day? And like, it was an ad for learning how to code because apparently if you learn how to code, it just opens up a whole new world for you. But like still, I was just like, oh my God, yes, I do spend all day giving out about my job. How did you know? And obviously the answer is that they knew because your phone is always listening, all hail the algorithm. Um, But at the time I was working in food service and it really just wasn't working for me, both because food service during a pandemic is absolute hell and because it was conflicting with my work in the arts. So right around my birthday, I pulled trigger, put in my two weeks notice with absolutely no backup plan in the middle of a pandemic, which really uh, isn't the greatest time to be an immigrant trying to find a new job. But as soon as this was all official, and my last day was set in stone, my automatic thought was, well, this is clearly my quarter-life crisis. Time to start a podcast. Because, obviously. Spoiler alert, uh, literally two days after handing in my two weeks notice, I found out that I received a fairly substantial grant to support my arts practice, so my crisis was very short-lived, and the need to get this podcast into the world became much less immediate. But, like, I've been thinking about it and writing things down in my notes app just, like, basically every day since then. And I'm recording this now, but I guarantee I'll continue to sit on it for a while because I just like giving myself the chance to overthink things as much as possible. Like, it has to happen, though. Ever since I started listening to podcasts, I've known that, like, this is for me. All I ever want in life is a captive audience to listen to me talk. And here we are, and here you are. So that covers number one. Number two, why the mindful narcissist? So I've had this like preoccupation with the idea of narcissism for quite a while now. Not the actual clinical kind, but the kind that's just thrown around really casually, but still as if it's a bad thing. Like I'm really fascinated by the way that our generation has been pathologized as being this narcissistic generation. I wanted to include a discussion about narcissism in artists as a significant part of my master's dissertation, but really just had too hard of a time discussing it with my advisor. And at the time, 
I think I definitely interpreted it as like she didn't like it because artists don't like being called narcissists. But looking back on it, I really just, I didn't know how to talk about it yet. It was a very half-baked idea. And I was also definitely more going for the shock value of casually pathologizing a whole career. Um, So this podcast is kind of my chance to give that unwritten section of my dissertation the exploration it needed. And it's also, I mean, with the whole pathologizing of our generation as narcissists, I've really embraced that. Being a bit of a narcissist has just become a part of my quote-unquote brand. My therapist jokingly diagnosed me with mild benign narcissism, which I absolutely love and is also a sign that she is clearly the perfect therapist for me. (laughs) When I was in college, I did the vagina monologues, and my favorite monologue was the one about reclaiming the C word. I loved that idea, that reclaiming, and so guess in my life kind of reclaimed the whole narcissist label because I mean whether or not we want to admit it we are all very self-centered and I feel like we can either recognize that and be it in a healthy way or we can deny it and go for this artificial selflessness that is I feel like we only value it so much because of Judeo-Christian traditions and I mean To make a serious overgeneralization, most of the selfless people I've met are awful people. Like, the basic argument that I ended up taking out of my dissertation is that artists are generally very narcissistic and self-indulgent. Because we've chosen a whole career where we can just talk about ourselves through our work all the time. Generally, it's more subtle than that, but every piece we make is just a projection of ourselves. We, as artists, and just as people in general, I think, we understand the world by projecting ourselves onto it. We understand other people by projecting ourselves onto them. And I think more people also truly think they're fascinating and great than would admit that. And, like, Jesus, I wish more people were vocal about that. This could also all just be me. Like, this is all in my head, and this whole podcast and my whole life is just me justifying these things about myself by projecting them onto everybody else. And I have considered this as a possibility, and I've decided that I can live with that, and that I still think I'm interesting enough that this self-justification is worth listening to. And that brings us to our final point, number three. So what are we talking about? Uh, Which really is a great question, and when I decided to structure this episode with those three points, um, I hadn't actually considered what to answer for this one. (laughs) What is this about? Well, ultimately this is about me. With my whole artistic practice, I look at the way that we construct meaning, specifically through rituals and storytelling. And I'm very much also one of those artists that views their practice in a really holistic way. Like everything I put out into the world, really just my whole life, is my practice. Which I've definitely rolled my eyes when other artists describe their practice like that, but here I am. Um, But ritual is a really important part of my day-to-day life. 
I've got a solid way of making that concrete in the visual art I create. I use really structured, repetitive processes in my drawings and in my sculptures. Storytelling is also a really important part of my day-to-day -day life, but I've yet to really incorporate it into my arts practice. I'm a big talker, and my friends know that when I tell stories, I have this very consistent way of telling them. There's this trademark arc and tone. And so I guess this podcast is an extension of my artistic practice. And this is how I'm finally getting to explore how we create meaning using storytelling. So we're here, we're constructing meaning, deconstructing meaning, looking at nuance. That's my favorite word, nuance. We may have to like start a drinking game for every time you hear me say it. But yeah, that's me. That's the podcast. I'm honestly so excited to finally be starting this. 17-year-old Caitlin would be so pleased. And if you're not living to impress your younger self, what are you even doing? Um, you can follow this podcast for updates about episodes coming out on Instagram at the Mindful Narcissist. And you can follow my own much more consistently entertaining page at Caitlin W, which is my name, Caitlin the word double, and the letter U. Thank you so much for coming along. I cannot wait for the next episode. We'll chat again soon. Bye-bye. Oh, wasn't that great. <laughs> anyway, so the questions. Number one, why the podcast? Number two, why the mindful narcissist? And number three, what are we talking about? Actually, the first two probably don't need to change much. Number one, why the podcast? That gave a pretty good history of why and how it came about. Number two, why the Mindful Narcissist? I still am so in love with this name. I'm so glad that that is what I chose. Like, and when I chose it, it just, it came to me. It came to me from the heavens, and it was just right. And I like that I've kept it for the zines. And also I like how much it has the capacity to give people the very wrong idea about me or about the character they expect me to play. I also, I regularly get messages from accounts who want to come on my podcast as a guest and talk about actual narcissism or like abuse from narcissists. And which, like, that is obviously an important thing to talk about for sure, but it just is not really the vibe here. And I feel like it's weird to like, cold message a stranger whose podcast you've clearly never listened to and don't actually care about to see if they'll bring you on as a guest. Especially not a podcast as small as mine. Like, you're not actually gonna get much traction and exposure from coming on The Mindful Narcissist at this point. I guess it never hurts to shoot your shot regardless? I don't know. I will probably, when I read the trailer, add in my whole mindful narcissist spirituality spiel. The whole, like, I am God and seeing the God in me lets me see the God in everyone around me. Getting in touch with that divinity in me lets me see and appreciate the divine in everyone and everything around me. Yada yada. I'll figure out, like, how best to articulate that. But yeah, long live the mindful narcissist. That third question, though, what are we talking about? That's the one that I feel has changed slash refined the most. Seeing as I do view this as part of my artistic practice, the question answers like an artist statement, really. This podcast definitely is still very much about the way that we create meaning through storytelling, but I think it has come to be much more about the way connections help us to create the stories we tell. 
my guest episodes, like, I knew they were going to be important and I knew they were going to be fun for me, but I didn't think I would love them as much as I do. Like, I wish every episode could be a guest episode, except that really is not even a remote possibility unless I can somehow find a way to get paid to do this thing because of just the amount of work involved in guest episodes. But like, man, I think Samir Rana said it really well in the episode he was on. He said something to the effect of like, conversation is the most beautiful human thing. And I love the way my guest episodes have evolved as well from like me trying to pretend that I knew how to interview people in the beginning, which like, I just learned that I'm a crappy interviewer. I'm really good at having chats with people, but I am a terrible interviewer. And so I really like that the guest episodes have come to just really be very casual chats that I then edit into something coherent, but they're just, they're so much more fun to have. I think for everybody involved and they sound much more natural. I love my early guest episodes. I'm so grateful to all of my guests, but I don't know if they got the best experience that they could have because I was determined to do something that was unnatural to me. Live and learn though. The most recent version of my artist statement that I've had to write, it now starts with Quote, my practice looks at the way we create meaning through storytelling and ritual, as well as the way we construct personal narratives through the connections we form with others. And that feels pretty true to what the podcast is all about right now. This podcast looks at the way we create meaning through storytelling and the way we construct personal narratives through the connections we form with others. Bam. There we go. Looking back on the last year of the podcast, I'm just... I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy with it. Again, it's it's another situation where I definitely had real lofty goals going into it. Like, I'm sure I envisioned having, I don't know, at least a hundred listeners at this point. Hundreds of plays per episode. And I definitely do not have that. Really, the number of listeners has stayed pretty steady from the start. I do think who those listeners are has changed. Like, in the beginning, it was, of course, mainly close friends listening to support me. But now, I'm pretty sure very few of my friends are actually anywhere near caught up. Which I don't say to, like, cast shade on them. They're busy people. I hardly listen to podcasts anymore. And, like, several of my friends who listen to support me really are not podcast people. And were literally just listening to support me. Which is very nice of them to do something they did not like for my sake. As far as I can tell, the majority of my listeners now are actually people who only know me through Instagram, which is cool, because, like, they're people who don't have to listen and say they like it because they're my friends. They, like, don't have an obligation to me. It feels weird to be saying they because, like, it's you. You who are listening to this. If you are somebody who has no obligation to me and you're listening, thanks. It feels cool. It's fun for me that you still listen. (laughs) New episodes have been really slow lately in getting plays, but I've been getting a lot of new plays on older episodes and a lot of, like, repeated plays on episodes. And, like, I try not to pay too much attention to the stats, but looking at stuff like that when, like, the uptake is slow, but people are clearly coming in and listening from the beginning or catching up on old episodes or re-listening to ones they liked, like, that's, that's really encouraging. Engagement with the podcast in terms of like messages with feedback or people wanting to discuss further. And that's my favorite thing when somebody listens to the podcast and wants to then actually have a chat about it. That engagement ebbs and flows, but overall it's been pretty consistent as well. 
Obviously, I'm still sitting here dreaming that one day this podcast will reach at least hundreds of people, ideally, you know, thousands, but I also just really love this small community that has been built around these conversations, and I'm happy with this slow, steady growth. Thank you for being here. You know all the dumb promotional stuff, zine, Patreon, whatever. I don't even want to talk about that right now, because I'm just really so very grateful for you, my dear listener. I would not be here doing this without you. I mean, like, yes, I do this because I love doing it, and I do it for me in a lot of ways, but you being here and receiving this is what allows this work to, like, fulfill its purpose. It's a sad, one-sided, empty thing without you. Please do continue telling your friends about this, or just anyone you think might enjoy it. Nearly 100% of my new listeners come from you telling people about it, and I am super, super grateful to you all for that as well. Man, happy birthday to us. I'll see you next week for another chat. Mwah!